0: Log Talk Radio.
1: You are now tuned into Kings of Non-Sequitur. Any topic, any subject, anything goes with your host, Jay and Frey. Welcome in. You are indeed listening to Kings of Non-Sequitur, the offseason version of much less detailed a podcast, here with you live on a Sunday night, August the 8th, 2021. I'm Dre. He's Jay. And we've got our suits on once again. It is awards season here at IMLD. We had our baseball Hall of Infamy inductions a couple of weeks ago. I was very happy and proud to present my awards, my newest inductees couple of weekends ago and tonight it is Jay's turn to have our flagship NFL induction show yeah, although Jason is having connection issues so uh, hopefully that won't be ongoing he just tried to connect and then he just dropped uh, so he'll he's around he knows he's he's on the air and he knows he's got the uh, the honors tonight uh, but he's got to get his connection figured out and make his way back onto the show I'm definitely looking forward to it because, like he said, when it was my turn for baseball, you didn't have to do anything. So it's a great show when you don't have to do anything when the other person is doing all the entertaining. Tonight is my night to sit back and relax and let Jay do the talking and do the uh, inductions for football, our Hall of Infamy show, taking place tonight if Jay can make it on the air. So here's his second attempt. Let's see if this works out. All right, are you on? I can't hear you. If you can hear me, uh, I tried to click him through, and he's not. No, now he dropped again. Well, well, it might be one of those nights where we get to hear uh, Jason do the entire show through the phone because uh, connecting is an issue. Uh, as we think we've kind of figured out the trick to, to Blog Talk Radio. No matter how close you are to, to getting on the show, if you call in before the show starts, that seems to be okay. So long as I see you on the board and click you through before the uh, the show actually goes live. Once the show goes live, uh, all bets seem to be off. So uh, that, that's what the problem was here. That Jake uh, got in right over the uh, right over the line. Right as soon as the show started is when he uh, is when he called in and has not been able to connect and he'd send me a text saying uh, that he's trying to connect and all we can do is be patient and wait for his connection to work here he goes for a third time trying all right are you on now nope no good he dropped again i i I think he's going to have to try the phone. Uh, he's trying to avoid the phone because nobody likes to use the phone, but he's going to have to try the phone. I'm texting him the uh, phone number now. Or I'm asking him, does he have the phone number? We will have our induction show sometime this evening in some form. Just be patient. There are more than... One way is to uh to connect to Blog Talk Radio and Jay's gonna have to go to the phone line for the uh second way. he's trying the uh computer once again. Let's see if that works. All right, how about now? Nope, dropped again. You're just gonna have to try the phone. Yes, that that guest phone number line that we have, for those of you who listen live, uh, it's up there on the screen. Of course, the only place you can listen to our show live is blogtalkradio.com slash in much less detail. And once you go to to that website and listen live, there's a phone number uh, on the screen that says you can call in as a guest. and. Jay's going to have to use that number. That number has not changed in this entire time we've been on the air, uh, all eight years, going on nine. It's area code six four six five nine five four five three four. Now, tonight, of course, we're not taking calls because it's our uh, Hall of Infamy induction night. And here's Jay trying again on the computer. He just refuses to pick up the phone. All right, how about now? Nope, still nothing. Yeah, sometimes it, it just happens like that. Like like I said, all bets are off once you call in after uh, the show goes live. It, it can be hit or miss sometimes uh, if you connect or not. And tonight is obviously miss. Um, no matter what Jay does uh, trying to call in on the computer, it's not working out. So I think he's going to have to give that up and, and go to the phone line. At some point, eventually – uh, well, here, now he's trying a different method. Let's see if this works. All right, are you on now? Nope. That didn't work either. But what I'm afraid of is is why he might not be trying the the phone line is. Being Mr. Modern, I'm afraid he's got all his notes for the uh, show. His inductions uh, notes are might be on the phone. He doesn't want to use the phone to call in because he's going to have to be uh, switching in and out, trying to put the phone to his ear and put it back down to read the thing, and or else he might he might have to have it on speaker the whole time uh, because he can't read his notes otherwise. See, that's when you get back to the being uh, an old fuddy like me, and and I write all my notes down, and I don't have to worry about that. Okay, Jay is finally trying the phone line. Let's see. Before. hey you're in hello
2: yeah i don't know what's going on i'm on i think this is the first show since i've been on my new computer and i go onto the uh direct link site and i click on the uh same thing and i put my name in and it just tells me it refuses to connect Ooh. and it just really refuses to connect so i'm hoping that that's uh I'm hoping this is a temporary thing on, on their end. So I'll periodically check that throughout the show and click on connect and see if something comes up. But I guess I am I'm doing it the old-fashioned way tonight. I'm going old school.
1: Yeah, you kept coming up on the on the phone line. I kept clicking you through, but there was nothing happening. It just, it just wasn't working.
2: Ah, yeah, and I, I couldn't hear anything on my side. So I click on the thing, and it says connect. And then uh, usually I would hear... You know, I would hear the dialing, and then I would hear it say it, and then it would it would you know tell me I'm on the show, and then nothing. So, but right. I'm here, I'm here. I didn't forget. I'm not asleep.
1: <laughs> and the other issue is uh, that you came in after the show went live officially, so that might be a, a problem as well. I don't you know, know if it, that's
2: uh, I don't I don't know if that's ever been a problem before.
1: We'll have to uh,
2: we'll have to try that.
1: Sometimes it's hit or miss, you know, a, when you come in after the show starts, uh, as opposed to before. But well, you're, you're connected now, so I'm here. I'm going
2: to try to try to do this as best as I can on with you on speakerphone tonight
1: and get yeah. through these uh, get through these things. I'm sounding okay. You sound fine. I just I I, I did guess that you were uh, avoiding calling in on the phones. You probably have all your notes on the phone, so you have to read uh, no, off the actually, phone and try to. Uh,
2: I have all of my stuff up on my computer screen. So I've got all of my windows open across on my computer screen. And I fortunately, I have them uh, open in the order that I'm going to be doing them. Otherwise, that's the one thing where I would have a difference sometimes on my phone. Is If I don't have my phone for my notes, it, I don't always have the information up on my computer that I'm referencing when I'm doing these. I don't always have that in the order that I mean to do my five entries and and does the order matter well yeah it matters to me
1: yeah you got to stay organized
2: right and you know and it's you you pick these things in order and i think i've got a i've got a pretty varied group um i think i've got one that's gonna I, i had i have one tonight that i had to go back through our master list (laughs) <laughs> Five times at least to be like are you like this is one of those where we're gonna slap ourselves and be like how you know so some one of them is gonna be a bit of low hanging fruit. You know, and we're gonna wonder
1: how how did we never how did
2: we never do this one? So I,
1: I believe it. I'm, I'm sure there's a lot of things you. we've skipped.
2: Uh I, I don't uh this is a very crime free uh
1: edition this year too. <laughs> okay. Oh well, then I so don't have to worry about uh, yeah. you taking anyone on my list.
2: <laughs> no, this year it's very uh it is very uh very it's a varied group. It's a diverse group. We've got a quote. You always have to have a quote.
0: Okay.
2: We've got uh two players and then we've got uh a game. I'm actually inducting a, just a game into the uh hall of infamy because why not? All right. Sure. And uh Something something on the media side that I think you'll appreciate. So we've got a nice various group here uh, piggyback on top of what you did last week with the last week or two weeks ago, two weeks ago with the baseball index.
1: All right. Well, we're looking forward to it. I'm glad we finally got everything figured out and connected and you can get on with your with your presentation.
2: I know it's just so uh, it's so weird because normally I'm hearing you in my headphones. Now I'm just hearing you through the speaker on my phone. Uh, so if you hear any I'm, clicking, that's my mouth.
1: No, everything's
2: fine. No, I'm, the I'm the looking... mistake was, I. What, what happened was I was downstairs um, with the family, and I kept watching the clock, not realizing that the clock that we have on the wall in the living room is three minutes uh, slow. <laughs> so I think I'm walking up here, and it's like 8.56, and I got plenty of time to click connect, and then it's like 8.59, just turning over to 9 o'clock right when I tried to get into the show. So that. Yeah. That was on me, taking that one right well, to the taking that one right to the wire.
1: Well, you you know better for next time. Ah, so you ready to go? I'm always ready to for a show. in which you're handling all the entertainment, and I get to, to do what you did a couple weeks ago—just sit back and react. So the, the floor yeah, is yours.
2: Yeah. I don't know if this is a show so much as it, that it's about the the actual induction, as it's about the reactions to those things as well.
1: I'm ready to be entertained, and then so is everyone else that's listening.
2: <laughs> well, that, that's that's optimistic.
1: <laughs> it's always on our show that's optimistic. But we know some, somebody does listen. Uh, well, uh, I don't know uh, if Lou in in Jersey is listening. Now, he's still trying to figure out if, if Antetokounmpo is uh, is an, is a superstar or not. So, <laughs> what,
2: what do you think? Is, is he is not not sure yet? You need uh need some we, more data still? on that.
1: Yeah, we're still figuring it out. We're, we're, we're still doing the math.
2: Ah, well, the, the four out of these five I've had for two years, so it was just the fifth one that I really struggled for. So it's it's funny that I was looking at my baseball list, and my baseball list is probably I think I'm ready for the next like two times that I do baseball. Yeah, because we just started, but on on the football one, you know, we've got a pretty we've got a pretty lengthy list, so. Sometimes you got to go back to things that we we talk about or that we joke about and you just got to get them in there. It's like, sometimes you just have to start checking the boxes, right? Getting everything off the list. And we have our MVP and we have our, our, our year in review. You know, we do honors and dishonors every year. And within that, there's an award that we give out specifically relating to the quote that I have to put in this year. And as soon as I put in the quote, you'll know exactly the quote that I'm talking about because I have an award named after it. And the quote is, I think he needs a Grammy Award for that one. <laughs> <clears throat> which, is, which is ironically just so stupid in its own right that it has to be in just on that. And then the fact that we doubled down and made it into, uh, or I made it into an award every year um for the worst basically like the worst acting <laughs> because that's what our uh, our entrant here, Pac Man Jones, said about Antonio Brown after Antonio Brown pretty much spent the uh fourth quarter of a eighteen to sixteen victory over the Bengals in the playoffs, pretty much just getting lit up for the whole fourth quarter of that game. So you have you have Vontez perfect basically cheap shots them. and and Pac-Man Jones then also gets a late hit to the head on Antonio Brown and then goes on the Dan Patrick Show and utters, I think he needs a Grammy Award for that one, which I think somebody forgot to tell Pac-Man that acting awards are Oscars and Grammys are for singing. So not only is he accusing another NFL player of basically flopping and and faking head trauma, at this point, don't – don't forget, Antonio Brown is now in the concussion protocol after this game, uh, a game that you and I have repeatedly talked about. That was the AJ McCarron game, a game that made us like sick to be watching football because of how dirty and, and, and how cheap shoddy that game was getting late in the game, for the for the for the Bengals as, as the uh, as the Steelers were were coming back in that game and, and the shots that they were taking. <laughs> on some of these players, the Bengals were and it and it was really bad. And uh yeah, to not only to not only go on a national radio show and accuse a guy who's in the concussion protocol of faking a concussion, you then don't even get the award that you're gonna give him right. So that I think that's an easy induction for the quotes. Uh I don't we don't have a musical wing yet of the Hall of Infamy, but if we did, it would be named for Pac Man Jones.
1: For for all the acting awards, uh, we, we need we need a musical award for all the acting. Yes,
2: and for giving the Steelers thirty yards and three penalties on their on their uh, final drive for a winning field goal, just just disgusting.
1: And that whole game was uh, could probably be inducted as, as an infamous game because, uh, as you pointed no. out, A.J. McCarron did what he was supposed to do to win a playoff game. How, how careers may have turned and changed. Uh, if the Bengals mm-hmm. could have held on to that lead. Because basically, A.J. McCarron won a, a playoff game over the over the vaunted Pittsburgh Steelers, uh, if not for the incidents and, and the occurrences of the drive going the other way, where Ben Roethlisberger is able to quote-unquote lead the Steelers in the field goal range for the game in field goal, thanks to, to all the penalty yardage that you're talking about. Uh, so, yeah, it was... Not only a, a, a dumb quote, but uh, as you pointed out, uh, Antonio Brown got the hell knocked out of him, and uh, he wasn't acting. Uh, he was absolutely uh, <laughs> lit up and jacked up uh, by Vontes Burfig. The man is, is laying, laying on the field, like asleep. Uh, and, and there's Pac-Man Jones the next day talking about uh, that he was acting and, and should have gotten a Grammy Award for, for acting. Um, yeah, that's, that's very, uh, that's very infamous. Um, I, I don't know, uh, how Pacman Jones could have possibly come up with, with that possibly being acting. He's, we're the ones watching on television that could tell that's not acting. He's the one on the field. He's actually right there on the field and he should have been able to tell that that wasn't acting, but you get wrapped up in, in your team and, and tribalism and, uh, whatever your team did it was good and whatever the other the other team was doing was bad and that's how you come up with uh somebody who's acting who's ab- absolutely asleep knocked down on the field so that's just it was disgusting uh that whole uh yeah just everything could have been different for the Bengals a lot of things could have been different for the Steelers uh, if that uh game result would have held up instead of uh, the Steelers, basically getting a gift and an escort into field goal range uh, in order to, to win that game. That was like, I don't know how much time was left for the Steelers to make it to field goal range, but it wasn't much. It may have been under a minute that that Ben had it to was. lead the Steelers in the field goal range and was able to do it thanks to Vontaze Perfect and uh, uh, the, the running back uh, coach. Was it a former um Steelers running back or, uh, or former Bengals running back. Somebody, one of the coaches ran out on the field when that knockout shot happened, uh, when he got jacked up and was protesting and, and arguing. And that's how the other 15 yards, was it, was it Joey Porter, I want to say? Um, I that, believe
2: you're right. Because it was, it was uh, a lot of penalty yards on that one drive. And it pretty much took them from like the shadow of their own goalposts into basically one minor completion away from field goal winning the game
1: right it was a 15 yarder for the hit itself and then it was another 15 yards for uh, Joe, yeah. joey peasy running out on the field protesting the hit and getting so upset about it so yeah that was uh, that was quite the night uh, that was that was a saturday night if i recall correctly and uh was another saturday night's all right for finally we got two elton john references in the, in the last two weeks i don't know what That's about, uh, oh. it, I, I got distracted because I got, um, of course, uh, I think we've both been victimized by this. We, uh, an NBC Sports website up and it just starts playing video oh. randomly because it's a fucking uh, <laughs> piece of shit. Yeah, website. I, I
2: try to, I try to minimize that. um I try to minimize that. So the, the the site that I've got up right now, not the same one that I tried to use for calling into the show, because that's what I was wondering about, but it's got all the like the ad blockers and the pop-up blockers on it. So that's the yeah. site that I use for all my stuff right now. Because the last thing I needed for all that to start just like blaring while we're talking here.
1: That's exactly what it just did to me. I'm like, is that, is that going out on the air? No, that's just uh, on my browser. So yeah, uh, yeah I always very... wondered. <laughs>
2: When I, when it uh, happens so to me, I'm thinking, "Oh
1: no, is he hearing all this audio?" Right, right. <laughs> that was my first thought. Yeah, like, oh my God, is that playing over me right now? Uh, but no, uh, yeah, it's very uh, worthy induction. The uh, the quote about the, the Grammy Award for for Best Acting that's uh, <laughs> that's one of the all timers.
2: It might not might not be, uh, but wouldn't be a memorable quote if it wasn't for the uh, getting wrong the <laughs> the genre we might not remember this so bad we might remember that game more but then to come right out and you know it's it's still despicable that he came out and
1: said that the guy was flopping but right yeah but but it does put no. a, a, an extra bit of uh, uh panache on top of it when he's talking about the Grammy award for acting it's like what what okay yeah so
2: Moving on, uh, this this one we get to both slap our heads, you know, and and have our our V8 moment and wonder how how we never actually enshrine this player into the Hall of Infamy, and, and and admittedly a great player, a very good player, uh, uh, multiple time Pro Bowler, not not in the Hall of Fame, uh, probably you know not definitely not going to be considered into the Hall of Fame when we get into the. Uh, actual hall of infamy stuff unless there's like a joke wing of the hall of infamy. But usually you don't get the distinction. Usually, you know, there, there, we, 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 we know all about like, you know, uh, the bad plays, like the, you know, your worst plays in NFL history. And you know, it's like, it's Jim Marshall or some of these other ones, but very rarely do you get somebody who's got two of those in the top 10 on merit alone, we have to put Leon Lett into the Hall of Infamy. Oh, poor Leon. You you want to be remembered, and this is why I had to go through, like, we haven't done him yet? Okay. (laughs) And I keep scrolling through, because yes, two of the worst plays in NFL history, mostly from a comedic standpoint, Um, but you know, he has his moment to shine in the Super Bowl. Super Bowl 27, they're blowing out the Buffalo Bills. And, again, this is a blowout, right? Leon Lett, the defensive lineman, big guy, he has glory before him. He recovers a fumble and runs it back all the way, and he's going to have, you know, the big guy rumbling, stumbling down the field is going to have a touchdown, and he's run this thing back from his own his own 35 yard line into Bill's territory. He's going to have himself a 65 yard fumble return touchdown, and he manages to and he and he starts basically going like Dion. He starts styling, you know, and he's running, and he's got the ball. He's carrying it like a loaf of bread, you know, not acting like a big guy who hasn't ever scored, you know, really, you know, in a Super Bowl, and. He holds the ball out and allows Don Beebe, uh, famous for bouncing on his head, another, <laughs> another player that we don't have in the Hall of Fame, one I mean, one of those memorable plays from when we were growing up, manages to track him down all the way and then slaps the ball out. And then the ball goes through the end zone, and then my favorite rule in football ensues, yeah. and it's a touchback and the Bills ball. That enough is embarrassing. <laughs> And then you fast forward to later that same season. On Thanksgiving Day, Cowboys are playing the Miami Dolphins in the snow, which is strange enough, right? They're playing in Texas Stadium with the hole in the roof, right, so God can watch the games. And it's snowing (laughs) in Dallas on Thanksgiving. And the Dolphins line up for a field goal that the Cowboys block. And all that you have to do is just let the ball lay there. And Leonlet decides to go and try and jump on the ball. I mean, maybe he's trying to steal back the glory that he was denied in the Super Bowl. And in trying, and again, this is a big guy trying to jump on a, a wet ball covered in snow. And in doing so, <laughs> kicks the ball away, allowing the Dolphins to recover the fumble and then kick the game-winning field goal. Hey, what and, happened? Uh, uh, you know, and sadly, this is all surrounded by a great NFL career. Jim Marshall had a great NFL career. Does anybody remember Jim Marshall for anything other than the wrong way play? No. No. <laughs> so when we say Leon Lett, we don't, he doesn't just get one poster on the wall. He gets two. And that nobody is more deserving of what the spirit of this is all about than
1: Leon Lett. You're absolutely right. I'm uh, flabbergasted and a shame that I had never in all this time thought to put Leon Lead in the Hall of Infamy. He's one of the most infamous players of the 90s. He was on that uh, cocaine fueled Cowboys Super Bowl team. He was right there in the middle of all of that. Um, and he's got some stories to tell, I'm sure, if you ever get him uh, drunk or high enough uh, privately. And he is absolutely the face of two of the most infamous uh, blunders uh, on every football tape, all those VHS tapes. The NFL made a lot of money off of Leon Lett's blunders because I'm sure they sold a lot of blooper tapes with him uh, getting the ball knocked out of his hand by Don Beebe in the Super Bowl and following that up by jumping on a ball that didn't need, didn't need to be jumped on after the blocked field goal. or uh, Yeah, it was you did not have to jump on that ball. It's a bit of an, uh, of an obscure rule, but actually, thanks to Leon Lett, I think all of us of a certain age know that rule now. like Every time we see a field goal blocked, all of us at home oh, yeah. are thinking the same thing. Don't jump on that ball. Don't pick. Don't do anything. Don't, don't pick Leon it up. It. Don't. Don't. Don't <laughs> do a Leon Led. Don't do it. So he's absolutely uh, responsible for for two of those unbelievable blooper plays. Like every time uh, you saw Leon Lett, you pretty much expected a, a Vince Lombardi moment. Uh, after what that. the hell's going on out here? So yeah, he's a absolutely. Uh, one of the most infamous players in history. And you're right uh, to give him his props for being a very good player in between those bloopers. He was one of the uh, linemen that really got the job done for those uh, three world champion Cowboys teams. He's right there in the middle of it, uh, wrecking havoc uh, and and making plays, but he's also uh, in the middle of some really bad plays and really bad bloopers. So Leon led earning his spot in the hall of infamy for sure.
2: Right, so we don't just put them in for the two. You can't just put the plays in separately. You got to put. You know, right, he gets that lifetime achievement award. He gets the uh, oh, the, the official. Uh, I, I'm trying to remember who the official was. Uh, the Phil Luckett. He get he gets the, uh, you know, the accumulation award, because, and and again, you you can watch any of these old NFL film tapes or do anything if ESPN is doing a top ten and if you get top ten, like, Super Bowl, bad like bad plays in a Super Bowl, he's in that. And then if you just yep. get a regular top ten of the worst plays in NFL history, he's in that, too.
1: Yep. That cost him the
2: game. One yeah, one was just dumb, right? <laughs> one was just your style – just go score the touchdown and then do something. Don't start
0: right. you know,
2: rubbing it in the face of the other team and, you know, give Don Beebe credit for having some heart, right? You'd very easily – at the back end of a blowout in that Super Bowl, they all could have just stood there and watched him.
1: Yep, he hustled him he hustled him down, but no doubt about it.
2: These Guys are professionals and they don't like losing. And he ran down there and he gave him the tomahawk chop, and that ball came out and you know squirted out of the back of the end zone. And then Leon Let became a joke, became a punchline. Mm-hmm. And then definitely <laughs> the very same, not the same season obviously, but the same year he has the right,
1: Thanksgiving the next Day season. play.
2: So, his book ends, his, his New Year's, you know, to start and ends to Leon Lett's 1993, not the best.
1: And and he would correctly respond, I got a ring in between that time, so fuck all y'all. And you know what? He'd be right. <laughs> yeah. Right.
2: So so moving on, we're, we're actually going to bring, it's ironic, we're about to induct something into the Hall of Infamy that you and I have joked about for many years, and that you referenced quickly at the beginning during the first enshrinement. Um, and we're, we're going to nominate something that, that was a that was a, a media creation that existed between 2003 and 2006. So when you think about that, that only lasts basically across what's what would be considered what four NFL seasons. Okay, That's not very much. Um, but it is something that in today's NFL, and today's media climate, would would probably just get you canceled completely. Like it it's something that could have existed in the mid 2000s that we could we we couldn't we can't celebrate anymore. We can't get these types of uh, uh NFL used to actually make and market video cassettes based around exactly what this segment glorified. And if I start it off, you can probably finish it. Mm-hmm. If you got Jacked up! That's right. We're putting the whole thing in. We're putting the whole thing in, people. Go on YouTube. You can, pro- you, you can watch almost every version of this segment that aired on ESPN during prime time and, whole, and any of those uh, highlight shows that ESP, ESPN ran over a four-year season. And you and I, unfortunately, because we're going to hell, <laughs> love this segment, like we love it oh, yeah. with a passion, you know. Where today we we're basically celebrating CTE, right? If it was today's <laughs> NFL, and, and yeah. you can't you can't watch like NFL's greatest hits or any of that stuff anymore because right they used to, they used to sell these tapes. We'd be watching mm-hmm. the games, for TV shows. There's there's ads on TV where you can go and buy video tapes of watching dudes get concussed.
1: It was right there next to the Leon led blooper tapes
2: <laughs> right and 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 without a doubt, one of my favorite you know maybe it's it it it's it's twisted now by today's standards, right, but in two thousand three for two thousand and six, it sure wasn't, and nothing was better than watching a bunch of highlights of dudes run around and the and, and the guys doing the segment would be uh you know talking up the highlight, and then all of a sudden bam, and then you'd hear. One guy go, you got, and then every person on that table would all scream in unison, jacked up, (laughs) and it was hilarious. And, and again, by today's standards, totally wrong. But every single one of those jacked up segments is now in the Hall of Infamy. So in that multimedia wing of the Hall of Infamy, you can now watch. We'll have a bunch of TV monitors up on the screen. And you'll have all that audio playing and you can watch all of the you you, you know, it's it's funny because we still we still reference it on this show. Uh when we're talking about games, when we're talking about guys getting like hit, we still say it, You said it, which was funny because we were talking about Antonio Brown and I was talking about that hit and right out of your mouth you got jacked up. Yeah. And uh, yes, the, the celebration of concussions and CTE uh, that existed in the NFL up and through the, you know, like the Steve McNair and, and those types of situations where we started really like looking into this or Junior Seau and any of that. Oh. Before we really started, you know, before the NFL, quote unquote, started taking it seriously, um, it was highly celebrated. And uh, as much as we, as much as we like deep down want to be like repulsed by it,
1: we kind of liked it. It's kind of the point of watching football. Is, let's be honest with yeah. it. I mean, come on.
2: You want to see guys get jacked up. But now you guys, you know, every single one of those highlights, I bet you if we went back and watched them, it would all be a flag now.
1: Oh, so, yeah. Hell, yeah.
2: But it, 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 and the, the, the exuberation in the hosts all sitting around on that table, you know, screaming during during halftime of uh, Monday Night Football was when we, w- we would sit around waiting for it. You know, it's like the the come on, man, that they used to do, that, that they mm-hmm. do, but now it's sort of become really silly because uh, there's more college plays now than, than than anything else where it's like these guys are all ex-players, so they don't want to be calling out current players. So even that segment's gotten a bit watered down. But uh, yeah, watch, watching dudes getting uh, lit up on the field and, and having guys making jokes about it was was kind of fun.
1: <laughs> so yeah, a few things about it. Um, if you're uh, not familiar with the segment, um, it's in the same vein as uh, Jay just mentioned the uh, the Come On Man segment. Uh, now you got the You Got Moss segment where Randy Moss will point out uh, right. receivers going up and taking balls out of uh, out of the air and, and embarrassing DBs so those are the the more family friendly segments in, during halftime of primetime football games that you'll see but yeah back in old uh, 03 through 06 like jay said uh there was a segment called you got jacked up and it was just what you would think it it would be if you've never seen it before it was basically the the sickest most disgusting uh light up hits of the week Uh, set to music and glorified and celebrated by the the former players sitting around watching it and and, uh, getting their rocks off over somebody else getting uh, CTE uh, that they didn't have to be getting anymore. Uh, And, yeah, it was uh, was just about what you would expect. It was just, uh, you know, reel after reel of guys getting the hell blasted out of them and the players celebrating as if they had made the hit. Uh, The other thing that I remember about it is – they did at least try to take care to not use hits in which the guys got like obviously severely injured, like if it was a play where someone got carted off and didn't get up and, and completely went dumplings like like Kurt Warner um they didn't use that genuine generally uh but if it was if anything just short of that, if it was where they you know staggered off the field or something but at least they got up, that was fair game it was as long as they got up and and they didn't have to go to the hospital, it was fair game to be used on, on the jacked up segment. And yeah, it was, it was great. I I have no, uh, you know, qualms about saying that watching guys get lit up is a big part of being a football fan. Uh, You can say that you're watching for the, the intricacy and the war chess, uh, the war moves and the chess pieces and the, the strategies and the manipulations, but that's the same as the, as the guys who claim that they watch basketball for the teamwork and the passing. Um, and you're, you're lying. You, you get off on the dunks and the power moves like everybody else. And in football, you're, you're lying. If you're saying you're just watching for the strategy, you get off on the big hits as well. Because If you didn't, you couldn't watch football. If you, if you got uh, that disgusted and turned off by big hits, you wouldn't be able to watch the sport at all. Cause there's big hits in pretty much every game. Um although less of it now of course because someone, so many of those hits get penalized as you pointed out. Pretty much all those hits on Jacked Up would be personal fouls for, for either spearing or targeting or uh lowering the head or whatever. Uh but yeah, it was it was a lot of fun. It was we looked forward to it. It was uh, you could have a yeah. boring football game and you're waiting to get to halftime so that you can see the jacked up segments, you can see the latest, you know, rendition of guys getting the getting their heads knocked off. Um, and yes, the league absolutely glorified violence. They would still probably be glorifying it if it wasn't for the concussion lawsuits and the cte and all the the terrible uh publicity behind that um, and it 's you know probably one of the beginning steps to the road that football is going to take, which is I really still believe they're going to outlaw contact of pretty much any kind probably in the next you know fifteen twenty years. Um, but that's one of the first steps when they decide to not do Jacked Up anymore because everyone loved it. You could tell the, the people on the set loved it. You could tell the networks loved to put it on the air. Um, and once that went away, it was like, uh-oh, things are getting serious now. So you can definitely look back at that and, and see that's one of the first steps to, for the NFL trying to sort of clean up his act. But uh, here in the Hall of Infamy, uh, they'll be in, in rotation in perpetuity on our TV screens.
2: Yes. And and, and and we'll love every minute of it, sadly.
1: And everyone walking by will rubberneck and, and crane their necks and, and and watch some of the jacked up and go, oh, 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 because you, you couldn't help <laughs> and by, it. And by you by could not help it. And, and by today's uh,
2: standards, we'll watch that wondering, how many of these guys were concussed on
1: these plays? And the answer is pretty much all of them.
2: Probably all of them. Because they didn't they didn't save this for like the weak hits, they'd only have oh, no. a few of them, but, but they were the big ones.
1: Right, it was basically like the four or five biggest smash hits of the week that didn't result in the guy getting hospitalized.
2: Right. So we will uh, we'll put it in. It's in for posterity. You know, we think this was what 15 years ago that they stopped airing these segments. Feels like longer.
1: <laughs> right.
2: <laughs> well. I got bad
1: news for you, old man. Fifteen years is a long fucking time. (laughs) It is.
2: Fifteen years is a long time. Don't remind me. I was twenty. I was thirty. Yeah. They stopped airing that segment. So yes, I know I am fully aware of that. So, ah, we'll we'll move on. Got two left. This one I probably won't take too long because this one's going to be hard to describe. Uh, this is—we're going back to a game. We're inducting a game into the Hall of Infamy, and we're going to go back to December thirty-first, New Year's Eve, nineteen eighty-eight. So we're going back in the wayback machine here, and 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 I can put this in, and you'll remember this. But I'm sure we will both remember watching this game because you couldn't see it, and of course, <laughs> I'm talking about the Fog Bowl. And and, and, and what is? What a game it was, Buddy Ryan, the evil Buddy Ryan, who had helped take the Bears defense, the eighty-five Bears to the Super Bowl, comes rolling into Soldier Field to play the Bears, and it's New Year's uh, New Year's Eve, and it's you know there's all the the drama and and, and the hatred, and you got the, the Buddy Ball and Mike you know and Dicka, and they're going against each other, and it's going to be a hell of a game, and then by the second quarter, somebody upstairs decided they just didn't want us to see it. And a a crazy fog rolled in. And and it didn't just roll into the whole city of Chicago. It rolled in to cover an area basically just around Soldier Field. (laughs) It only covered about a 15-block area. But it covered enough of it that from the second quarter through the end of the game, you couldn't see anything. So they had the game on TV. But all you saw was the fog and every once in a while, like, a shadow moving in the fog so you really couldn't actually see the action uh the players complained during the game that they couldn't even see the first down markers on the sidelines so imagine that you're trying to play a game of football and and you can't see the sidelines at all all the scoring in that game mostly happened uh before the fog rolled in in the second quarter and that was about it. It was a few field goals after that, and there was not much going on for the rest of that game. Uh, sort of lost in the in the fog <laughs> in that uh, game. See
1: what you did there.
2: Was was the fact that in a game where you couldn't see anything, Randall Cunningham threw for over 400 yards, <laughs> and this was in an era when you didn't do that at all. So if you if you want to just imagine playing professional football. Guys can't see 10, 15 yards down the field, and a quarterback on one of the teams threw for over 400 yards in fog that was so you couldn't see the first down markers on the sidelines. And people like us—I know you watched it—watching this game on TV couldn't even see anything. And this is in the back. This is back before the days of like high definition. So I'm just watching this on a regular old tube TV when you didn't have that great of a picture, anyways. Uh, and and ironically, I remember watching the entire game. Could you imagine no, nobody would do that now? You'd have Netflix on or YouTube, or you'd switch to another game because you got the package. So this is 1988. You had no choice. That was what was on TV. So you watched it, even if it was Shadows in the Fog, and you couldn't see anything.
1: Man, that yes, I did watch uh, that entire game. Um, and of course, coming on on top of that. Not fair. Actually, won that that particular affair. Um they did. So correct, Twenty
2: to 12, the final score. It was Mike so Tomczak me, beating Randall? Oh. Uh,
1: so correct me. Um, it, being in December, we uh, one would think that it was a, a regular season. I'm pretty sure that was a playoff game. Was it not? That was a wild card game. So. Uh, there was nothing else to turn to. That was it. That was the big CBS
2: uh, yes, production. Yes, that and... was a playoff game because that's when the you know we would think now New Year's Eve would be I don't know week right, sixteen. That's still regular <laughs> season, right? Yeah. yeah. No, that was that was the first round playoff game. So somebody didn't want us to see that at all.
1: We couldn't see shit. Um, I absolutely remember that it's it's one of the most infamous games we've ever uh, in in our lives that either one of us even yes. if we hadn't seen it. People who've never seen that game still know what the Fog Bowl is. Oh, my God. There was a game. I heard about it. They played in in fog so thick you couldn't see anything on TV. And and damn right you couldn't see anything. Um, If I recall, also, they basically uh, shot the entire second half or or filmed the entire second half on a sideline cam because it didn't do any damn good to keep doing it from up in the – where they usually uh, film the game up above because you couldn't see shit. Early
2: on in the game, when before they figured that out, I think they might have figured that out at
1: halftime because
2: up until right. that point, you were getting all these sideline shots from up by the press box area, right? Or the rollie, or the, the, the cameras that would move along behind and they would you know, move up and down the field or, or those, those types of cameras. And yeah, no, it was literally, you couldn't see anything. You couldn't even see the yard markers on the field. It was so bad. It was You would have thought your TV was broken.
1: There was no point in filming it up above. View,
2: that's no better. The, the sideline view of that game
1: wasn't any better. It really was. I mean, it was better in that you could see that there were human beings out there. I mean, you couldn't even tell that up above. Uh, so there, in that respect, it was better. But, no, you really couldn't follow the game action because you'd see, there. oh, there's people there. And then snap the ball, and then the people start moving. You really can't keep up because the fog is that thick. And there were hardly any throwing plays because you couldn't see anything. So now you're just basically seeing humans. They snap it. There's a running play. Someone gains two yards, uh, and you can't you can't tell who the hell got the ball. You can't tell where the, the markers are, like you said. You couldn't tell where the first down was anyway. So, I don't know how that game was played. I don't know how the, how that game was officiated. That was the craziest weather phenomenon. That fog really did just roll in. It felt like it rolled in over Soldier Field and nowhere else, because uh, I know I'm right. looking out the window of, of my home. Um, you know, many miles away from Soldier Field, but still in Chicago, and we didn't have that kind of fog where where I was. It was just over there uh, near the lake there, and it was just unbelievable. Like you could not see anything uh, from up above. The fans that did all those all that money to be at a playoff game basically got shafted because they couldn't see shit. Um, basically, it was only the people down there on the field that could see. They had a chance to see anything, and they really. Uh, we're struggling to see anything at all. So yeah, it was uh, wh- whoever had the happened to have the lead after the first quarter was going to win that game because there wasn't going to be uh, any rallying or or uh, a lot of points being scored once that fog rolled in. That was absolutely insane. And yes, yeah, so it is absolutely uh, an infamous game to be inducted.
2: Yes, and you know obviously when you walk into the exhibit, you it'll just be uh, we'll have fog <laughs> so it's like relive relive the fog bowl, you know, and you could have like an image of a football player or something a little away from you. And then just fog shooting at you. So you can't see anything.
1: That's, that's just not oh. nothing. Nothing you could do. Nothing you could do. But
2: yeah. Like I said, we're a, little, we're a little, we're light on murder this year. We're right. Light, uh, light on crime and light on murder. Uh This, this last one might be one of the most uh, legitimate entrance into the hall of infamy. Uh, we, can, we can chalk this one up to somebody who was just wrong place, wrong time, somebody just ahead of their time. Uh, because when we think about the modern NFL and, and the accomplishments that this player was able to, you know, create for themselves over a, what ends up being a 21-year pro career, which when you think about it is insane. 21-year pro career. Uh, we're going to be talk We're going to be putting in somebody. This ends up being the sort of lifetime achievement award, and and you know, and, and, and like I said, wrong place, wrong time, or or too soon for the current state of the NFL. This is going to be uh, an uh, This is a league MVP. This is going to be a, a multiple Hall of Famer. This is going to. I might. Am I breaking the rules? Maybe. Maybe breaking the room. Multiple Hall of Famer. Multiple, like, Pro Bowl-style player. A comeback player of the year in the NFL over what ended up being a 21-year career. Would you also believe a WWE champion? That's a lot of accomplishments in a 21-year career, right? Sure. Sure. This player has no chance of ever sniffing the NFL Hall of Fame, (laughs) but provided us with many years of fun, many years of controversy, controversy that we still talk about to this day on this show, of course, has to have a small Chicago connection because we're just from Chicago. Um, But I would be talking about somebody who actually gets in legitimately into our Hall of Infamy, not for doing something bad, but... For being the prototype of what we expect from NFL quarterbacks, and I'm putting in Doug Flutie. I mean, we Doug Flutie was Russell Wilson before we had Russell Wilson. I mean, if you think about like the Kyler Murray and Russell Wilson, you think about the the prototypical, you know, little on the smaller side but big arm. Runs around, makes plays, offense is tailored around him. But that wasn't what the NFL was like in 1985 or 1986. So Doug Flutie has to make a career for himself first in the USFL. Go figure, right? That the other yep. league, you know, goes and gets it done there. Then comes to the Chicago Bears, and base, and then spends an entire career. The next few years in the NFL, just not just being basically he's the, 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 the round peg in a square hole or the square peg in a round hole for the whole rest of his time, then decides all the hell with it, screw you guys, and he goes to Canada and becomes one of the best CFL players in their history. He um, becomes a six-time All-Star, basically their MVP, six-time championship game MVP, the Grey Cup three times and won the thing three times. It's absolutely ridiculous. When you think about what he went and did, they're very uh, reminiscent of what Warren moon did in his career trajectory, but he came back because Warren moon was more of a stand-up thrower, was able to come back to the NFL and have a much more sustained NFL career. And then comes back from the CFL goes into one of our favorite quarterback controversies of all time in Buffalo uh, with Rob Johnson where (laughs) Rob Johnson, the starter, gets hurt. Doug Flutie takes them on a whole run of wins and then gets them into the playoffs. And then Wade Phillips decides, no, I'm going to start Rob Johnson. I got my (laughs) stand-up traditional, you know, pocket passer back, and we all know how that game ended. Because that was the Music City miracle. (sighs) Then he leaves town and then goes to San Diego and has – Several nice seasons, uh, a, a good season as their starter, and then becomes sort of the backup guy in what ends up being the run-up to Drew Brees's uh, NFL career. A- absolutely, you know, one of the most fun football players that we've watched. Nothing bad. Even had a cereal. Remember, Flutie flakes. Uh, those will be in sure. the hall. We're gonna go find a box. We're gonna go find a box of them. <laughs> uh, he became. This is this is great. When I found the footnote. For Doug Flutie became the first non-Canadian athlete entered in the Canada Sports Hall of Fame. Nice.
0: He, he's the he's the
2: he's the Tuffy Roads of <laughs> of the CFL, like you know, with, with, with Tuffy Roads with Japan, uh, where he basically became like the honorary Japanese guy for all of his accomplishments when we enshrined him into the into the Baseball Hall of Infamy and Hall of Fame. Uh, yeah, I mean when you think about a player who they could never figure out what to do with, and and if he was to just somehow, you know, go back in time or or get himself like a a rejuvenation and he could be 23 or 24 years old again, coming out of Boston college, uh, he'd probably be the number one pick in the draft. So he's never going to sniff aim. He's already in the Canadian football hall of fame and the Boston college hall of fame. But since this is only a, we only have one rule, right? (laughs) that's <laughs> right can't be in the nfl hall of fame we will we'll proudly put doug flutie into ours
1: yeah very deserving pig i was always a, a big fan of his because he just he, he produced everywhere he went he no matter what the you know they everywhere he went they talked about how small he was he can't do this he can't do that oh he, he can't win doing playing the way he played uh there's another guy that played the way he played that had to go to the to the USFL to prove himself, um, and because when the NFL took a chance on him, uh, he wound up in the right system uh, under Bill Walsh. Uh, he turned into an actual Hall of Famer, and that would be Steve Young. So uh, this right. was not something that just happened to Flutie. This was something that uh, pretty much any quarterback that wasn't the prototypical six five stand up guy uh, basically had to go prove himself on another level and hoped that the NFL gave him a call uh, when when he was deemed ready to come back. So, yeah, Flutie finally made his way back to the NFL, kept getting shots and kept producing, like, in multiple places, not just Chicago, but Buffalo, San Diego, like you were talking about, all these places where he went, and it's not like he stunk. It's not like he was, you know, Ty Detmer. It's not like he was a you know terrible quarterback. He was actually good and actually produce, but because he wasn't that prototype, it was like everyone was waiting for him to just kind of slip a little bit, like anything that he did that was maybe the slightest bit off. uh, It's going to be like basically when, uh, when the bears start, whoever they're going to start at quarterback in place of, of Justin Fields, um, you know, Andy Dalton, whoever, they're just waiting for them to make one mistake so they can yank it. Boo! You're terrible. Let's get Fields in there. And then if Fields makes one mistake, boo! Get him out of here. Where's Caleb Haney? Uh Basically, everywhere uh, Flutie went, it felt like all his coaching staffs were just waiting for that one little mistake that he might make, so that they can justify yeah, we got to get rid of him. We got to put Rob Johnson back as a starter, like you said. Like, ugh, I, I absolutely remember that situation. That was that was like a, a controversy in Buffalo. The uh, there was like a Rob Johnson and Doug Flutie camp. Yeah, uh, that was they were they were drawing lines. It was like lines in the sand. And I, I remember watching the the pregame shows before the the playoffs began, where they were spending a lot of time in Buffalo interviewing the the people and, and talking about which side are you on? Are you on the Johnson side or the Flutie side? And uh, it was it was a big deal. And you would think somebody that had that much support would keep getting legit opportunities. But it seemed like every opportunity he got wasn't really legit. Like I said, I was always a fan. Uh, I was even a fantasy fan of him. In the early days of of playing fantasy football, he was always a great backup quarterback to have because you knew if he got the chance to play, he was going to produce. He always fucking produced. And he just never got a legit opportunity as far as I'm concerned. And, yeah, no shame in his career. He did everything uh, you asked him to do. And yes, a very uh, deserving and worthy uh, entrant into the to the Hall of Infamy. Doug Flutie was he was he was one of the best, uh, like you said, before his time.
2: Yeah, and that's why I said you know, and I think about his two modern equivalents. I think of guys like Russell Wilson and Kyler Murray because they're your, you know, undersized, scrambling. You got to – you know, you you can't just run a regular. Offense for these guys. You you need you can do some of that, but you have to uh, you know you have to account for the creativity and and the plays breaking down, and you got to get the right players around them. And you know the NFL in 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 those years was no. I need a, I need I need Ryan Lee. I need I need a guy who's no. I need a guy who's you know six five and you know two forty, and he's got the cannon arm. And you know for all the Dan no, McGuire Right. For one Doug Flutie, you've got a whole box full of, you know, Ryan Leaf and Jeff George and, yeah, Dan McGuire and, and all of these guys who flamed out. But if you, if Doug Flutie was always that guy. You never He never got the chance. Nobody – or if he got the chance, like you said, they were just literally – somebody was waiting there with the cane to come and yank him off the
1: stage <laughs> real quick. It wasn't uh, a legit chance.
2: He was, he, he was always a fan guy. Uh, the fans always liked him. Everybody always wanted him to have a shot. You look at his career stats, nothing really flies off the page at you. So he was another one of those where you looked at the numbers and you're like, eh, those, are, those are numbers, but there was just, there was something there, right? Heisman trophy winner. The guy was a leader. And uh, we don't, we, we, sometimes we put people in into something like what we do for all these really bad reasons. Every once in a while, we need to put somebody in here for for good reasons. It's the Hall of Fame slash Hall of Infamy. It doesn't have to all be infamy. Sometimes uh, we also want to recognize the players who, 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 you know, were good, but in this case good, but really never got a shot, but still somehow managed to play 21 professional seasons of football. Even though everything was, you know, coming out, everything was against them.
1: So uh,
2: I, I was happy to put him in.
1: That's that's a, a very worthy uh, inductee. I, like I said, I was always a fan of his. Every shot he got seemed to be just not not quite a legitimate shot. I was like, well, yeah, we'll give him a try. We'll we'll see what he's got, uh, and it, and he just right. kept producing. And that, right, just... and it
2: wouldn't be that he was ever really ever signed to go be the starter, but he'd get signed. Somebody would get hurt, and oh, I guess we got to play Doug Flutie. And, oh wait, oh yeah, he's pretty good, but we yeah, still gotta we... get another guy. Of course. <laughs> he, just, he, he just became the guy who gets you to the next guy.
1: Yeah, if, and, we, had uh, a, if we had a football Hall Fame, not NFL, that Boston College hail man, that would be uh, in the Hall of Infamy as oh, well. Oh, yeah.
2: One of the greatest fo- uh, college football plays of all time. Uh, at the In 1993, I know we're getting into the after show now, but uh, I'm looking this up in his career stats. 1993 in the CFL, he threw for 6,000 yards. Woo. <laughs> That was a record. <laughs> six thousand six hundred nineteen like yards.
1: That's two seasons in one, right there.
2: Yeah, and had uh, fifty-two combined touchdowns, throwing and rushing. Man.
1: Yeah, just <laughs> just played everywhere it went. Just played. Arm,
2: the arm wasn't the problem, you know. And mm-hmm. uh, yeah, we again, if, if if he was coming out of BC now he'd be the top pick in the draft. Somebody would look at him and go, yeah, I can make that work.
1: Yeah, they'd be slobbered all over him. I mean, yeah. if, if you got to go to North Dakota State to find guys to, to play quarterback, uh, they would love Flutie then. They'd, shoot, he'd be right up there with all the top picks. So, yeah, just uh, unfortunate timing, but uh, – but I'm sure Flutie knew, Flutie knew how good he was. Uh, he, he he was never lacking for confidence. That was another thing I liked about him. Everywhere he went, he was like, "Yeah, I'm I'm not here to be a backup. I'm I'm here to play football. I'm here to start. And I'm here to win." And that's yeah, what he tried to he do always every knew single he trip. Play,
2: because once he went, when he had his two shots outside of the league, he he was great. And he wasn't one of these like what we call in baseball. He wasn't one of these like quad A players, right? Where he, you're good enough to play in the minors, but you're really not good enough to play in the pros and the majors. No, he. His his, the issue for him was you did not have coordinators who were willing to work with anything. But what they had in their mind was like this is I got to make this I have to fit this prototypical quarterback into my system. I got to make this guy work. Where somebody looking at Flutie would go, I'm I'm trying to fit him into this offense I want to run. Versus saying what they say now is well, what's the best offense I can create for this guy to run?
0: Yeah, the creativity
2: didn't in the in the NFL in the 80s and 90s and into the early 2000s. And once he got into the 2000s, you started to see it more. Uh, but again, by that point, he was at the tailing end of his career.
1: Yeah, the creativity existed for only a handful of teams and coordinators because uh, again, if Flutie was the one that the 49ers took a chance on instead of Steve Young, Flutie would be the uh, the Hall of Famer, uh, and Steve Young would be the guy that everyone would look back and go, man, he was really good, but he never really got it. Yeah, shot, you, know, you know,
2: Bill Walsh, uh, you know, Walsh, uh, was it Bill Walsh George Seifert? They might have figured him out. There, there were a handful. There were maybe a couple of coaches who in the right hands could have done something with him, but uh, yeah, not the they ones he ended up would've.
1: with. No.
2: Not Wade Phillips. <laughs> no.
1: It was certainly not. Whoever was was running the Chicago uh, offense when he got here. Uh,
2: what nineteen eighty six? That I mean, that was but it it's still Dick's team back then.
1: Yeah, but he wasn't running the uh, the offense, was he? he? Was I don't know who his coordinator was, no, but
2: I don't I don't remember who in, who in, in eighty six would have been running their offense at all. But he he played sparingly for the Bears, but there was that slight Chicago connection.
1: Yeah, yeah, but I remember him uh, because. Not long after him was, was the Rick Meyer uh, era, and it's like, oh, uh, we could have done so much better if we had just held on <laughs> to Flutie. Yeah. My God.
2: Yeah. So so there's your list. I think he needs a Grammy Award for that one. <laughs> yeah, All of the jacked-up segments that ran over four seasons during Monday Night Football, the Fog Bowl, and Doug Flutie.
1: There you have it. The 2021 NFL Hall of Fame slash Hall of Infamy. Induction, done by Jay. Very nicely done. Thank you. And now I get to start making my 2023
2: list right
1: away. (laughs) Right. Uh, I got this long-ass list of names I keep scribbling down on this old envelope, and I'm actually embarrassed that uh, Lead or Flutie is not on here somewhere, because I really should have had both. Oh,
2: wow, okay. So that's one of those where I kind of snuck a couple in where you're like, man, I could have done that one.
1: Yeah, yeah, I, I could have. Uh, but again, there's there's no shortage of names. There's no shortage of of incidents, uh, and and we, we will absolutely still keep making these inductions because. Uh, there's so much that we still haven't covered yet, believe it or not. Uh, especially with fo- you know football, you just get
2: so many. We have 53 man rosters. I mean, we have.
1: Mm-hmm. There's
2: stories that have stories. I mean, we are we're starting to get to the point where we're interweaving things now. <laughs> you know, I mean, the fact that Doug Flutie is in, who has a connection to, uh, you know, the, the the Music City Miracle, and. Mm. And 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 just these things that have that have all happened throughout, and 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 what we've mined from them, you know, and, and he, or even talking about things like uh, uh, Flutie flakes. <laughs> <laughs> I have to this day never forgotten. I when I was thinking about putting him in, I'm like, man, he had that cereal too.
1: He did. Uh, we we never got a chance to try them. I don't think they uh, they made it down to the Chicago uh, market, but.
2: Yeah. I don't think if I found one in a box somewhere,
1: like an antique store, I don't think I would actually crack it open and try it. That's probably not a good idea, but I'm sure they still have them in Buffalo somewhere. And, There's and, families and, and, that and have for, like
2: boxes of them on their shelves. Or sort of funny that he won the uh, that he won a
1: WWE championship. <laughs> See, that's another one I don't even remember. Like, when 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 yeah. did that even happen? He I won the do... WWE.
2: championship.
1: Oh, good God.
2: Created from Wikipedia. It was a tertiary championship open to anyone, regardless of gender or WWE status.
1: And carries a special
2: rule that it can be extended 24-7.
1: Yeah, that um, I know about the the championship because it's such a joke um, and it still exists today. Yeah. But I just did not, re- I didn't remember that Flutie had ever gotten there and, and won it. Uh, Rob Gronkowski has also won that championship, so they basically uh, <laughs> give know, it uh, to him.
2: Gronkowski a- might make the actual Hall of Fame because he has given enough material for a a Hall oh. of Infamy career. But but we, you know what? T- there's still plenty of time for us to sneak him in on a technicality.
1: He he would have a, the same pretty much the same technicality as, as Terrell Owens. I snuck in all of the tools of T O, uh all of the incidents and all the things that he all the props that he did, all the sayings that he he made, uh, because I couldn't put him in because he was actually a Hall of Fame player. So all the, the tools of Gronk there are plenty. There are plenty of things to, to bring up uh with Gronk. There's there's uh, adult film stars uh, that that we can bring up with him. There's there's all sorts of things with with, with old Gronk.
2: You know, and and even funnier when you think about Flutie—he's coming off of that career that he had at Boston College. He was a Heisman Award winner as well. But that he was. And that when he you was. hear this, we, we were we were talking about his college career, right? Because what was the knock on him? The only knock on him was he was short, right? That no, was the knock on
1: him. too small. So
2: mm-hmm. He's small. He's, he's he's under six foot tall. Eleventh uh, round draft pick. <laughs>
1: Good God, that's criminal. Today's NFL, he's
2: he's UDFA in today's NFL. By those, because we don't have around 8, 9, 10, or 11 anymore. Correct. It it was crazy. Yeah. 11th round draft pick. He was the 285th player taken off the board. So, uh, you know, we, we almost all. Doug Flutie kind of is owed an apology. Like he, he, we're talking about somebody who was just done wrong by the NFL. That that right there.
1: No, no doubt about it. He should have had so, so much better chance than he did.
2: And and no way should we have a player of of, of what he was able to accomplish in, in our Hall
1: of Fame. <laughs> but we'll, we'll we'll take it. We'll take it. We have to. He, he can't oh, get in the real one because he didn't I, have a chance. I just, I just got
2: asked by my son if I could be quieter. She says, what happens when I'm on the phone? Like, I think I'm like, I think I'm yelling into the phone because I don't have any headphones on. So right. I'm keeping my <laughs> I'm keeping my son up right now. So oh. I just get so excited, I'm jacked up.
1: <laughs> oh man, if we were really playing jacked up, you'd really be loud. Like the whole block would know, really been... stand. Is as I'm
2: researching for this, and I'm reading about the jacked up segments and like and all that, and you can, you're finding all of the old links to the YouTube. I'm gonna be watching some of that tonight. <laughs> hey, it, they were fun.
1: We we love them. No, we loved yeah, jacked up. No
2: better way to celebrate now. I'll have to, I'll have to watch that, and then I can report back on the next show what when my <laughs> what my jacked up watching experience was like. Because I'm gonna be like, Yeah, there was, there was it was probably just CTE on parade.
1: Yes. The different world, complete different world
2: now. Yeah. Which which is shocking that you watch the shows like the dark side of the NFL and they don't take on a segment like that.
1: Uh they very well may. Um, you know, the show just basically is, is brand new so they've, they've only done six episodes i'm sure they'll come back for a second season and we'll we'll see what else they cover they I, i'm looking forward to more seasons of that on, on vice network um just because i'm anticipating more crossover with our hall of infamy i'm just excited to see you know if if there's a if there's a god in in heaven one day they will like cite on dark side of football, one of our uh, hall of infamy inductions and and actually read like from our website or something and talk about the research that we did I'm so, <laughs> <laughs> I like, I, um I, I know i 'm completely out of my ass right now,
2: but yeah. I mean you know we still you know you think about it, we do five of these a year, we have to somehow fill an hour worth of talking commercial free you know it 's not like we're doing a uh you know a thirty minute show with commercials that ends up being an 18 minute show where they put like a top 10 list of something in there. We, 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 we give these things room to breathe. Um, You know, a lot of this comes from our memory. And then from the memory, we go and actually get the data, which I think is what makes it fun. I don't go searching for these things. I think of these things and then remember episodes or, you know, incidents. And then I go and look for the data to support my memory versus me just like typing into google like ah oh, embarrassing nfl quote you know <laughs> so that that's the research i think really that we do is that we you know we we remember and
1: then we enhance well i would hope that comes through that it's obvious that we're uh lifelong fans that are remembering things that are infamous uh that we witnessed and and were a part of in football history and baseball history and we're not just going to a website and, and Googling uh, infamous moments in the sport and whatnot. Uh, I, I would hope it's pretty obvious when we when we do our inductions that we that we've lived through this and we know exactly what we're talking about. I think like that we, we the saw obvious. the Fog Bowl. No. We were there watching the Fog Bowl on our on our respective TVs. Right. right.
2: Yeah. Not just we saw it on a show, and we we're like, "Oh, we're going to put that in the Hall of Infamy." No, no, we watched it. No, uh, no we were I, there. I think if you look back for our list now, realizing that. We've been doing this 10 years now. Mm-hmm. Uh, 2011 was the first year we did Hall of Infamy. And, you know, 2011, uh, yeah, 2011 to 2021 now, it would make this the 11th time I believe we've done this because we're starting another, we're starting our second decade now of, <laughs> of doing the Hall of Infamy. And I'm, on our, I'm on our site right now looking through the list. Yeah, th- there's no way you find all these things by just doing a, a
1: Google search. No. No, we're real fans, and and we lived through it, and we remember uh, a lot of these things were uh, very infamous And at the time. We were like, oh, my God, I can't believe that happened. And and we absolutely had to find a way to memorialize them and and go back and remember and hopefully educate some some of you younger listeners that that have never heard of some of these guys or some of these incidents and uh, maybe give you guys another depth, another uh, level to your football fandom.
2: Yeah, and, and, you know, I, I usually say it at the, at the top of these types of shows, but I'll say it now. Anybody who's listening, these are these are some of our favorite shows. Anytime we do anything retrospective, any kind of an award show. I mean, obviously we do the pick shows, right? Those are fun. But those don't have the, like, sort of the re-listening ability, you know, the replayability of these types of shows. Like, these are the shows when I need something to listen to, I go back to. Because, you know, yeah. sort of like the more – Shows that we do because it's not like I'm just going to randomly go. I need to listen to our picks from Week Eight in 2016. (laughs) Right. I mean, somebody might do it. I'm sure there was something good in there. We could probably pull. We could probably mine a lot of good quotes from us over the years, or things that we've come up with or said during the pick shows. Right. But a lot of those memorable things that we say are the things that sort of stay with us through the show. I mean, if we say something so good or come up with something, we, we keep it. And it becomes a part of the show, you know, uh, like Murga. you know, which people <laughs> might not like. It comes to my mind. But that came up just through randomly talking about, like, the news during, like, the pick shows and the things that were going on. And, and that, that was the year I, I – I, uh, made the connection between Gruden and, and Trump with their sort of like hyperbolic boasting, you know, and like they definitely the hubris and they couldn't live up to it and the things that they would say. And then, you know, there's Antonio Brown. And, was that Antonio Brown wearing yeah, the eventually. hat a few years later uh-huh. after, after <laughs> we, had, we had made that joke like a year or two before on the show. That was funny.
1: That that was surreal. That was I was like something off a TV him, show scripting.
2: <laughs> I remember seeing him sitting there in that interview, wearing that hat that said "Make Raiders <laughs> Great Again." After we had made it on this show the year before, or plenty of time before that, I saw that hat. I think it was the season before. Yeah. And I'm looking, and I'm like, ah, uh, what? If I was really like. You know, into this whole scene, should I be calling a lawyer? Do I do I need yeah.
1: royalties for that? I have
2: to get an attorney. It was pretty funny because during that season, I had looked at sending you a make Raiders great again hat.
1: <laughs> you could go
2: and you could make it. Well, because it was like Antonio Brown made, got the uh, idea
1: to, to do that as well.
2: <laughs> it was basically like a knockoff where you could go to the a site where they would make. A, like a knockoff Trump hat where they could pick your color and then you could pick your saying and sort of make America great. Again," You, you, I, you could actually make it. And I was like, Oh man, I got to get one of these made black and silver and I got to send it to Drake. And uh, a few months later there's Antonio Brown wearing one. And I was like, man, someone listens to this show. <laughs> We've had enough of those instances though. We've had too many of those because when we joke that nobody listens, there's yeah. enough stuff that we say that suddenly shows up out in the wild.
1: Well, the, the handful of people Somebody. that are listening, maybe, yeah, maybe one of them is powerful and, and actually had a yeah, stroke to, some, to implement some of these ideas. Yeah.
2: No, what it is, it's some third-level production assistant for some show somewhere.
1: Ah. See? see,
2: that's what it is.
1: It's the 20-year-old college student that that listens to the stuff that nobody yeah. else would listen to, and then they come up with the idea, use it for themselves.
2: They write the idea down. They go running into the boss's office because they're better connected. Oh, say this on the show tonight, boss. <laughs> oh, okay, yeah. Really good take. You're promoted, kid. And and then we get our $10 check.
1: <laughs> Every three years. <laughs> Every... <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, well, imitation <laughs> is the sincerest form of flattery. So, you know what? You're welcome. That's right. So, uh,
2: I I like this class. Um, not 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 the sexiest class. I will admit that. You know, like I said, sometimes you got to sort of check those boxes and you got to put the people in and you got to make sure you get everybody gets their due. Um, I I promise I'll have a much seedier uh, hall of infamy yeah. next time. I, I I need to make up for this one. Uh,
1: what I would say is this class I think is the equivalent of my baseball entrant as far as you it may not be sexy but it it, those two entrances with uh, flutie and leon led you can't get more solid um than those two those guys those two guys are are infamous in their own right under any definition and they probably should have already been inducted uh just like my in my baseball hall i felt like albert bell and milton bradley are about as infamous as you could get in baseball and they definitely deserve to be inducted. So I would put Flutie and Led just as solid. Like, may not be sexy, but man, they, they absolutely are names that deserve to be on any, uh, list of, of, uh, infamous NFL players.
2: Right. And, and guys who, and guys who will, uh, they'll never go to Canton, you know? Oh, no. You know, you know, Flutie, you know, in the right spot, or if he was, uh, like I said, if he was coming out today, he wouldn't be the 11th round. He couldn't be an 11th round draft pick. He'd, <laughs> he'd be, he'd have teams like tanking for him.
1: Right. I would be more concerned about Lett uh, as far as possible Hall of Fame. Like 15, 20 years from now, some Veterans Committee looking back and trying to uh, glorify those Cowboys teams some more might decide might decide to pick him out and, and put him in despite his his foibles. Uh, but uh, yes. th- that's a, it's a long shot, I think, but it's possible. But you know, uh, other than and that, and we can we can sort of backdoor that because
2: if they do decide that he's Hall of Fame worthy somewhere, the Veterans Committee or somebody puts them in down the road, then we can just separate his plays out, right? As like the two like the two low moments of a Hall of Fame career.
1: Because how many Hall of right.
2: Famers that do that? So <laughs> I think we could. I think we can just as easily get him into the Hall of Infamy. But hell of, hell of a D lineman, though.
1: You, you couldn't win yeah. that
2: Cowboys team.
1: Yeah, no doubt. He was, he was a big part of those championships. Three world titles. So that's why the only reason that I'm worried, because when you get a, a franchise like that, that really was a legit dynasty, uh, those are the teams that, like I said, 15 years from now, some veterans committee is going to look over when when they're trying to pick this, some one old guy from way back in the day in the eighties and nineties, uh, that didn't get in that deserves to get, that's usually where they go is, is those teams that have multiple, uh, championships. They they usually pick, you know, somebody from the D line or O line of one of those teams that maybe didn't get the shine that they deserve necessarily. So, uh, but like I said, it's a long shot because he's such a, he's such a joke. He's such a punchline. Like, (laughs) I I don't know if they're going to do it just because of that.
2: um, Ironically, one of those 90s Cowboys players who gets into the Hall of Infamy and it doesn't involve hookers and cocaine.
1: Right. How about that? I mean, he He was around for all of that, but... Yeah, that, we, there's some more uh, roads you can go down. You can get seedy when you go down the list of, of what those those Cowboys teams got into and whatnot, yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, obviously, Michael uh, Irvin, the playmaker, is a real Hall of Famer, so you yeah. can't get in. But some of the things that Michael Irvin did, those are still fair game.
2: Uh, I still don't think Nate Newton's in the Hall of Infamy. There's another low hanging uh, fruit. Oh, man. <laughs> And, and has been trust me, he's been considered many times on my side. But you just want mm. that, that that Cowboys team—that's like the, the the sex boat. But <laughs> you know, or, or 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 how you say you could induct somebody from the '85 Bears
1: every yes, year? Yes, I really like, could.
2: You know, or we can put another guy from the sex boat in every year.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I'm not giving away my list, but absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> that,
2: that that you know. Anytime I'm sitting there, if I'm struggling, I can be like, uh, "Who's still mm. left on the sex boat?
1: <laughs> Yeah, Fred Smoot Fred Smooth in yet? <laughs> Those gifts that keep on giving. Yeah, old, old double dong Smoot Yeah, we're, we're we're both considering him. So yeah, there, there there's there's still a lot to go. We we talk about how we're running a little bit on on fumes because there's so many. Football uh, that we've already put in Because we've been no. doing it for so long But there, there's still plenty to go
2: Yeah and, and you know And in the next two years I'll, One of us will be Given something because you, you do have the Instant classics too
1: That Yeah that's sort of another List of guys that have Started playing since we started doing the Podcast that are Like the day they retire I'm basically Putting them in uh, right. immediately
2: Like I'm uh... just waiting yeah. I mean, I didn't, yeah, because we don't have the five-year rule. You know, we we don't no, have to no, wait no. five years at the end. So, uh, I I mean, I mean, Vontae Davis got in first year of eligibility, right after yes. he decided to up and quit <laughs> halftime of a football game.
1: That's pretty infamous. You <laughs> you get in,
2: <laughs> you
1: sir, you're in.
2: Uh that was my last go round. um you know, I had to clean up the show because last time I put a porno
1: in <laughs> um if there's any show that doesn't really care about staying clean, I think it's it's ours.
2: that'll be the only exhibit in the Hall of Infamy that'll be behind those west coast video uh
1: swinging doors oh behind the curtains, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man, I missed the curtains. <laughs> so go behind the curtains and see some videos and see some <laughs> some boxes that you never thought you'd see before.
2: But that, yeah, that that's the only exhibit that's maybe not the only one.
1: Um no. but that
2: definitely, yeah.
1: <laughs> no, that's the well. That's the only one that the TV screen can't be playing uh, right there out in the open. You have to have a special ticket for that.
2: Oh, or you pay extra. Mm-hmm. So you get your ticket at the door of the Hall of Infamy. You got to pay a couple. You know, you want you want the enhanced tour,
1: right? The, the, the regular tickets have- are and- yellow. If you if you want the the if you want to see that exhibit, you got to get the red ticket. That's a that's a different ticket.
2: Oh man. Okay. So for the <laughs> for the sake of me not keeping my my children up tonight, I think I'm
1: calling it. That's, that's, that's fine. <laughs> I really didn't have anything else. I was going to ask you about your vacation because we always do that when we come back from our, our trips. Oh, yes. it was good.
2: Vacation was good. We, you know, we spent that week up on Lake Superior in that, in a cabin right along the lake. Uh, it was a little smoky up there, unfortunately for most of it. So the air quality was pretty poor because all the wildfires up in Canada were all blowing oh. down into that. Um. So the, it, it it made everything just hazy, you know, and, and, and he didn't really want to go like up into the mountain areas. So we mostly stayed down by the lakeshore, but right. you know, you wake up every day and you look out the, the, the doors and you go out on the patio and you're sitting on a deck and uh, right through the trees is Lake Superior. You, you could do worse. Sure. And uh, I can't believe that my children swam in Lake Superior, which doesn't really have many beaches. Um, Hmm. It was uh, 65 degree water where they went swimming. Wow. Which is really cold. Yeah. And I remember taking them to the beach on the Lake Michigan side here in Wisconsin last year and the water I went in, I went swimming and that was 75 degree water and I thought that was like the coldest thing I felt. (laughs) And they're going in water (laughs) that's And they, and they thought it was great. They're just, we want to stay. We want to stay. We just want to play. And it's just like, you kids are insane.
0: <laughs>
2: I, I just, maybe it's because there's just less of them. and I've got more surface area that it bothers me more. <laughs> but I, I couldn't do it. I, I I put my feet in and that was about the most I did. But no, they they loved it. They want to go back next year. We, my daughter's already like, nope, we're going back. We're going to the same place. I'm like oh, okay, well, we'll slow it down a little bit. Let's let's think this through. <laughs> but they 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 really enjoyed it, and uh, you know, and it's one of those places that's so big. You know, you have the whole coast of of a giant lake, and you know, my son's like, oh, you know, they, they probably think we saw the whole thing, and we actually show them how much of it we actually saw on a map. You realize how big that lake is, and we saw one little tiny sliver of one edge of it.
1: Yeah. So, yeah, definitely. Yeah, at that uh, age, they, they, there's no perspective of, of how big the world is.
2: Yeah, and you know, usually you don't really go north. You know, when you already live far north, going farther north isn't usually what you think of doing on vacation because you're thinking, oh, you go far enough north, I'm going to be in in Canada. We we were we were darn near close to Canada. I mean, we were at the farthest point. We were probably only distance straight distance twenty thirty miles from the Canadian border.
1: Uh-huh. we were up there. Man, all my traveling has been uh, south. I've never been that far north.
2: (laughs) Yeah. So, I mean, I've been up that way before. Uh, Of course, I lived really far north, you know, and I lived out west. I was uh, in that little northwest uh, corner of Montana. Right. So, no, it was It was fun. Uh, your your food choices are a bit limited. It's it's not a not a not mecca for eating, uh, but the places that we went to were generally good. Very expensive because it's not that many places, so they kind of know they got you. Mm-hmm. Um, and the food choices are, you know, chicken, steak, and fish. Pretty pretty straightforward as far as what they offer. Actually, the the breakfasts were were some of the better meals that we ate. Um so nothing really exotic, you know, like you're not you're not going up there for the cuisine. It's this isn't uh San Francisco or New Orleans or any of those types of like you know, or Chicago where you're like you're going like you know you're gonna eat and everywhere you go you're gonna be able to eat any type of cuisine you want or it's really known for something, but not really known for anything up there, so not exactly a uh
1: a, a foodie trip. Right.
2: Which I usually like. I like those types of trips.
1: Yeah, but this sounds like something the kids uh, were were into. This is, this is more for the kids.
2: Yeah, well, you know, when you think about it from the food side, the kids—my kids aren't the my my son's more adventurous with food. My daughter is not adventurous with food at all. Right. My daughter's happy as long as she can get chicken tenders or mac and cheese. You know, simple. My son will be like, oh, "I'll have my son will eat sushi." You know, he'll <laughs> he'll, eat, he'll eat spicy food. He, he likes all that stuff. You know, my daughter just wants the simplest possible thing that she can get.
1: Right. Yeah, some kids are, are adventurous like that. I, that wasn't me either. I was uh, giving, giving my hamburger, french fries, and then and soda. And, and I don't really want to vary off of that unless we're getting pizza or something.
2: Right. Uh, yeah. Well, I mean,
1: yeah. Well, who doesn't like pizza? Uh,
2: some people. You ever talk to someone
1: like, I don't like Done. I'm like I don't think I trust you. <laughs> right. <laughs> that's I, that, that's something weird. A lot of. You know, a lot of people say that about me because I don't drink. Then I, what's wrong with you? You you don't drink at all. I mean, no, I just I never got into it. And I, yeah, I feel I the really same do. way about. I'm with you about, about people, my- people who don't about people who don't like pizza, like, what? really? What, what's wrong with you? But, you know, we're, we're, we're up in Chicago, so that's, you know, we're, we're, I
2: we're think used to People who don't like pizza have probably only ever been exposed to, like, what qualifies pizza. as good pizza, like, yeah, Little Caesars or, or Domino's, you know, what, what,
1: what I turn my nose up at, you know? Right, that's why I'm thinking about the people uh, around here in in Memphis, and I know uh, quite a few people, unfortunately, that don't like pizza, but that's, like you said, probably because they don't know what good pizza is, because they're in Memphis.
2: Right, if I'm at work and all of a sudden somebody will be like, oh, hey, there's pizza in the back, we ordered pizza, and I'm like, no, there's a handful of decent pizza places around this area, but not many, and I'm like, okay, what'd you order? Oh, we ordered Little Caesars, and I'm thinking, oh, if I must, Mm, you know, right. my nose up and you know and hold my nose as i eat it but i still eat it
1: because it's, because it's free but yeah, ryan is nothing beats free but yeah in some places little caesars qualifies as good pizza because that's all they got
2: unfortunately right where we uh, you know grew up with any any random corner italian restaurant with pizza or what now has become like your chain monsters like giordano's which uh, i don't mind I don't mind that they're big and they're all over.
1: Well, I talk about Giordano's so much, you'd think that was all I ate as a kid. But I never, I didn't have Giordano's until I was an adult. But all the pizza right. that I had before that, just all whatever random neighborhood joint that we would order from, mm-hmm. was fucking excellent. I mean, just yeah, the most random places. And, and it's all about where you where you are and what the specialties are where you where whatever city you live in and grow up because uh, it's the exact opposite down here in Memphis you can't find a good pizza place but you can find a good barbecue place like if you just walk two blocks in any direction you're going to find a good barbecue place and it's not the same in Chicago the barbecue in Chicago is is meh so I actually came down here not liking barbecue until I got down here right yeah no I mean my experience
2: with ribs and barbecue was not anything until uh yeah, you know, we started going down your way. Exactly. And then it was like, Oh my god, where
1: where's this been my whole life? <laughs> exactly. That's exactly how I felt about it. So just yeah. a matter of where you where you are and where you grow up. Like around here I, I I know
2: my uh my wife always talks about we have this one place in town and they have uh they call them cheese fries. Like, okay. And I finally get to experience what they are because all I've heard about everybody tells me they're so good. They're so good. You got to go, you got to have them. And I remember it was like we hadn't been dating for very long, but you know, now it's like, well, oh, we're going to go, we're going out for these cheese fries. And we basically, it, and here's what the cheese fries are. It's a cheese pizza with no sauce. And they give you the sauce on the side. That's what it is. It's a cheese pizza, no sauce. And then you just dip a strip of that into <laughs> marinara sauce and they call that cheese fries yeah, <laughs> so, yeah. And, I, so, and i'm and i just know that i was so underwhelmed and i'm like expected to be like blown away by it and i know my reaction was disappointing because i was like mm, I, <laughs> really <laughs> yeah, not quite what i was thinking yeah um the people around here they talk about that stuff, man. Oh, it's the shit. You gotta get it. Oh, it's so great. And then I kind of poo-poo it. And people are like, "Are you crazy?" And I'm like, "Uh, no."
1: But you know, but as you know, it's it, all it's,
2: that's what they have. That's
1: what's sauce? in the, It's what's in the right. area. That's that's yeah. what they think is really good food. Yes, that's what that is one of the staples around
2: here. Um, wow. And I just described it to you and you were like, oh, okay. What?
1: <laughs> <laughs> I, I yeah. thought, you know what I thought you were, where I thought you were going to go? I thought you were going to talk about actual fries and you were yeah. going to poo-poo it because their cheese fries was going to be like they took some craft uh, and slices and put it over the top and, and microwaved it or something. That's what I thought you were going to do. Might, might be better.
2: <laughs> Not a good idea. It might be an
1: improvement. Oh. Yeah, you
2: know, like how the, oh, like no. you can't get like you can't go some like there's a place uh in Green Bay that sells the like authentic Philly cheesesteaks and they're really good. They're messy as hell. So don't don't I don't recommend eating them in your car. Just <laughs> a word of advice. Take it from a take it from me. Don't eat them in your car because that's how we had to do it because we went there during COVID and they were right. messy. Yeah. And um but they're the real authentic ingredients of a Philly cheesesteak. And of course, what's the primary cheese? It's cheese whiz.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: American singles
1: on top of a <laughs> French fries. Uh, But that's not really cheese fries. I mean,
2: it's... Yeah, but, I mean, even when we order lunch at my work, sometimes they'll order from a place and they'll order the pizza and then they'll order these cheese fries. And I why? But, you
1: know, <laughs> you already got one in
2: Rome. Yeah. <laughs> right. I don't yeah,
1: need I... pizza. <laughs> I mean, what? <laughs> like you said, up a, there it's a staple. It's on the side. Uh, what? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, uh, there's, there's all sorts of uh, uh, culinary uniqueness to, to different towns and different areas. Uh, it would actually be kind of funny to hear some other stories i wish we had you know more than a, a few listeners cuz i would put that out there as a you know what what's the strangest local uh, food thing in your town that people think is is great but is actually like that that's kind of but that's garbage you, you could only, i don't think you could get that perspective
2: from a local, you'd have to get it from a, like a transplant because you know I'm a transplant. I'm coming in from the. I'm the outsider. I'm coming into this and judging
1: instead of, you know. You can get it from a local it, who's actually been somewhere in their life and and can tell you that oh I, right. well I've actually been to places with real good food and then I come back here and I know that this is crap now. Right. But yeah, if they've never been anywhere, then yeah, they don't they they don't know what's better. Right. So.
2: I think the oh I think there's they, they we got a little family thing going on. You're one of the kids downstairs, so I'm going to end up cutting you off here tonight. Sorry. Yeah,
1: that's all right. Go go. Take care of your family. All right. All right. That's a good time for we'll both this, of us to, to
2: do, the call it a night. We'll do this again. Soon. We don't have much time left before football, so we should probably get uh, one more in before we start getting into
1: some actual right, football we all, stuff. We, we always find a way to get one more uh, random show in before the, uh, the actual football preview shows uh, start at the end of the right. month. So oh, we will we'll so we'll definitely that catch up.
2: We'll do some. Yeah, we'll definitely do some catching up. But I'll go, I gotta go see what's, what's going on. I hear
1: some tears. Oh, all right. Take care of that. All right. All right. So that has been our hall of infamy induction show for 2021. A very good class by Jay. Uh, Very difficult uh, getting connected at the beginning, but he finally made it on and now he has uh, taken off to take care of the kitties, the the cute factors, and hopefully everything is okay there. Um, And as we were discussing, we will come back on the air for another Kings of non-sequitur show somewhere in the middle of all this training camp for football, uh, probably in about two or three weeks somewhere around that time. And then, of course, before the season begins, it'll be time for our football preview shows. Our big, uh, We've been doing it where it's been one big show, two hours long, where we preview each division one by one, uh, but we've done it in the past where we split it up, where one night we do the AFC and another night we come back and do the NFC, whichever is more convenient for our schedules at that time. That's how we will choose to do our NFL preview. Either way, we will... Uh, have a new theme song for that um I've already recorded that and got that in the uh, in the hopper ready to go um the uh, person who wins the the picks championship between us two uh, always has the option of changing the theme music for the show for next season, and I won it last year, so I'm decided to change it up so next show we do we'll have the uh music that we've had for the last couple of years. Um, And that'll be the last time, because then when the the NFL preview show comes along, that's our sort of official start of the new season for us. It'll be the start of our ninth season of doing this podcast. Boys, how time flies. It is incredible that we've been doing it for that long. But uh, we'll be getting ready for all of that. It is August. The training camps have started, the injuries have started, the COVID restrictions, and all of that has started and uh, unfortunately it looks like it's going to be another year of, of co- COVID interruptions and whatnot uh, because of the different scenarios as far as the NFL having guys and teams that are not fully vaccinated and having to uh, decide uh, if you get a, a game interrupted or, or not being able to play, be not able to be played because your team uh, had a COVID outbreak. And it's determined that it was unvaccinated players who were the source of that COVID outbreak. Um, they're not going to bend over backwards and try to make all these Tuesday games or Wednesday games or whatnot, trying to fit it into the schedule. They're if they can't reschedule in a timely fashion, they're going to consider calling it a forfeit and giving the other team the victory and, and making you pay basically restitution for uh, for the time and, and effort and whatnot and I'm, that's a bit of a harsh uh, situation if you're going to come out and do that, but I'm okay with it because the alternative is to just sit there and, and let the unvaccinated hijack your league and hijack your schedule and, and possibly keep this thing spreading and going around like we're having in this country right now, unfortunately. So, uh, you know, the NFL, they had to do something. They didn't want to have another year like last year with all these uh rescheduling. That that messes with your money. That messes with the, the TV contracts because you got networks having to scramble to uh pick up these games and put them in in time slots that they weren't planning on. That, that messes up everything else that they were planning to do. So it's just a big-ass mess. And it's a mess that can get avoided if you just get enough people vaccinated and you don't have to have this stupid-ass COVID bouncing around in everyone's locker room anymore. So... We'll see how it turns out this year. Um, Unfortunately, it's still around and got variants and all of that. So, um, all I can do is, is, you know, me and my wife did what we had to do. We got our shots way back in in March and April. And so, all all you can do, all you can do, is is follow the uh, the the most intelligent advice out there, which is to get this vaccine, which appears to be uh, safe and uh, very effective by by all accounts. And there's no reason not to. It just comes down to the, just how smart are you? If you're smart, you get it. If you're not, then you don't. That's about all that that comes down to. And we got a lot of not smart people out there affecting the rest of us. So hopefully that will get uh, turned around in short order. All right, I'm off my soapbox and I'm ending the show. He is Jay. I am Dre. This has been Kings of Nonsequitur, the off-season version of a much less detailed podcast. And this has been the 2021 NFL Hall of Infamy induction ceremony. Hope everybody enjoyed it. We'll be back with another show in a couple of weeks uh, as training camp rolls along, and we'll be starting to get ready for the NFL season starting up in a month in September after Labor Day. We will talk to you on our next show. Take care.